Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. You should be happy to know you're one of four people who I uh, who I check on Twitter uh, first thing every morning to see what oh, I really? missed. Yeah, yeah, you, you made that cut. That I, who, I'm dying to know who I'm with. So the ones are uh, Alan Seppenwall. I just like to see sure. what, his, what, what he's linking to and whatever. Uh, my old boxing podcast host, uh, Bill Detloff, uh, usually a uh, good good to see what he's been tweeting about adam levitan just to make sure i haven't missed any key uh fantasy injury related news and you and and that's it and the other ones i see i see when i see they come through i miss some tweets i see some tweets but uh these those are the ones that i like to make sure i have a full picture of what these people have been tweeting so but but there's one uh that i i've been meaning to ask you about since i saw it because it's I feel like I don't know any of what you're referencing here. So I, <laughs> what does this tweet mean? Are people named Michael still dealing with motorcycles, keys, and peeing? I don't understand yeah. one word of that. What's the reference? Did you ever, when I was a kid, that was like, I, I, uh, Michael, Michael, motorcycle, turn the key and watch him pee. Oh. That was like, that. if your name was All Michael, right. you had to deal with that. Huh. Okay, that 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 nurse, nursery rhyme or whatever you want to call it never made its way uh, down to me. I've, I've, no, yeah, never it. didn't didn't cross the Jersey border. I haven't heard that one, but yeah. even now that I know it, I see there are zero likes on the tweet, so I'm not yeah, alone in just well, like that's, not that's understanding. Also for me with the zero likes, but uh, no, Michael Michael motorcycle turned the key and watched him pee. That was big in the late '70s uh, in northern New Jersey, at least. That I can I could that I can vouch for. Okay. You know, every, so if you have a name, you know, like you know, your name's like uh, Bart. Uh, Bart fart, you know what I mean? Like, right, you know, you got, sure. You know, uh, did you have to? Do, Eric did. Would, uh, nah, or... nothing really rhymes with Eric, so I never really had to uh, had to deal with that. Although you did just remind me of one of the all time great Simpson scenes where the flashback to Homer and Marge trying to come up with a name for their for their first child, and they talk about all these different names that people will make fun of, and so then uh, she suggests Bart, and he says he goes Art, <laughs> Bart, Cart, Dart, Er. Nope, I think we're good. <laughs> Gamble on, fellas. Gamble on. (laughs) Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, U.S. Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, U.S. Bets Senior Analyst Jeff Edelstein. This week on Gamble On, the most unpredictable sports betting state, Florida, catches us off guard again. 
Fanatics makes a big move to compete directly with FanDuel and DraftKings. And we'll talk bookies, both lowercase b and capital B. Also coming up on the pod, we're going to welcome Patrick Everson of Vegas Insider to talk NFL Unders, Election 2024, and why St. Louis police are currently assembling a task force to bring Everson to justice. Also, stick around for the end of the pod when I will implore you to have more sex. we got a hot one today, folks. But first, as always, plenty of news to discuss. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. Florida just keeps Florida-ing, Jeff. Uh, when last we left this saga, the Hard Rock Bet app was available only to select customers, sort of a soft relaunch while various courts weighed in on the Seminoles' ability to offer sports betting despite the objections of a couple of Florida paramutuals. Heading into the weekend, word got out that this Thursday, as in today, the day we're recording this podcast, the app would go into full launch mode in conjunction with the previously announced ribbon cuttings for the retail sports books, as well as brick and mortar roulette and craps games. Our colleague Jill Dorson did her due diligence and got the confirmation direct from a Seminole spokesperson on Monday that, yes, the Hard Rock Bet app is going live to everyone on Thursday. Then on Tuesday morning... The Hard Rock Bet app went live to everyone without warning. So there you have it. As of now, anyone in Florida who is of legal age can bet sports on their phones, though they only have one option available. Jeff, what do you make of all this silliness? Uh, And the following celebrities are on hand in Fort Lauderdale today for the retail openings. Uh, John Bon Jovi, Bruno Mars, Tiesto, Heather Graham, DJ Khaled, Mike Tyson, and Dwayne Wade. I'm dying to know your scale of 1 to 10 excitement to meet them ratings for each of those celebrities. Huh. Uh, well, let's just go in, like, reverse order then. Because, okay. like, uh, you, 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 you did mention this to me that you might be asking me this, so I did, did do a little research here. Okay. So let's let, – so for Tiesto – so I was I, I I had a Google Tiesto. Same. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping it was like some insanely hot like Brazilian model or something. Mm, but no. as as it turns out, he's a very male Dutch DJ. Apparently, like the greatest DJ of all time. But right. Whatever. I could give a shit. Uh, <laughs> going up from there, DJ Khaled. I mean, I, I I don't have much interest, but you know, hello. Then Dwayne Wade. You know, I mean, it's Dwayne Wade. Whatever. Sure. Uh, from there, then, then we see. Then I'm getting a little bit more serious here. I, this I had to think about. John Bon Jovi would be next because I'd like to meet Bon Jovi, but I feel like I'm just going to randomly bump into him anyway, like down the shore or something here in Jersey. So good like, point, you know, right? I'll, I'll that'll get there. Next up is Bruno Mars. Mostly because I want to ask him if he about uh, if he remembers being a little kid when he uh, was was in one of the more underrated movies of all time, Honeymoon in Vegas. You know, yeah. did you know that? Oh, I remember that movie, and I knew about his Elvis impersonating stuff as a kid, but I didn't that's, realize he was in that it. movie. So that's okay, it. that that's adds it. up. All right, there you go. Then it's Heather Graham, uh, who I, I I want her to star in a movie that I'm never going to write, though it would be it would be good, and and it's like a raunchy like comedy. Uh, and I should write it because, like, I actually I know Chris. Well, my brother knows Chris Whites, the guy who did American Pie. So mm-hmm. I could write this raunchy comedy with Heather Graham, take it right to Whites. Who knows what could happen? No, it's not going to happen though because I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm never going to do that. Uh, and then number one, without question, is Tyson. Like, I'd, I'd I'd love to meet Iron Mike. I think that'd just be pretty awesome. You know, I've never met him. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd like to meet Mike Tyson. I think that'd be kind of fun. You know? Yeah, I love I, Tyson. Your your ratings, your rankings uh, are pretty much, I'd say, in line with mine, other than the fact that I have no interest in Bruno Mars. I'd certainly put Bon Jovi above him, although you make a good point about you could 
you could potentially bump into John Bon Jovi without having to go to Fort Lauderdale. But otherwise, I agree. Definitely put the two DJs near the bottom. Don't don't care about either of them. Had never heard of Tiesto. So I have actually interviewed Mike Tyson once, but that was over the phone. Um, I've actually never met him in person, despite covering boxing for more than the quarter century. But... We were in the same bathroom a few months ago. I just didn't know it until after the fact. I was uh, I, I was peeing at a urinal, and I'm mm. I, I'm big on urinal tunnel vision. I, I can't sure, be sure. all looking around and stuff. So eyes forward, Standard. you know. Right. I learned after the fact that while I was at the urinal, Tyson came out of a stall and exited the bathroom, and I had no idea. So you're saying that Mike Tyson sits down like he's interesting? Okay. I that's, no, that's no I'm that. not okay. saying I'm not saying that because who's <laughs> to say he was only peeing? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> bet that bet that conversation didn't go where you expected. Nope, did not. Absolutely not. Um, I hear it's just, it turns out it looks like he's got his life in order, so I'm, I'm happy for Iron Mike. I Indeed. Like Mike. As as for all the Florida shenanigans, I mean, color me unsurprised that like something happened that we didn't expect. I mean, that's I mean that's 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 what happens, you know. And as far as like Hard Rock and like Florida betters, you know, like glad everyone can bet now in Florida. Uh, sad that they only have one option. And, uh, you know, to use the parlance of our times, I'm, I'm pretty mid on the fact that at least it's hard rock, which I think is a pretty, pretty awesome app. So, there right. You go. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of pros and cons to, to all of that stuff. Um, you know, as for the timing, you know, Thursday made sense with all the other stuff happening in person today. Uh, but I guess if you're planning on Thursday and then everything is ready from a technical standpoint before that. Why wait? You know, I guess Why it's wait? two extra days of making money. And, and and I can't even, like, say that the Seminole sp- spokesperson was necessarily giving Jill bad information. It may well be that the plan was Thursday and then the plan changed on, like, virtually no notice. Um, but as a person who likes for things to be organized, who, who is not a fan of chaos, I, I must say I haven't enjoyed the Seminole's approach to launching a betting app one bit. This has been chaos at every turn for more than two years. But, um, yeah, for the sports bettors in Florida... I just hope there's stability now. Uh, yeah, they only have one app. Can't line shop. It's not great, but one app is better than zero apps. And, and I just hope it stays up and those bettors don't have to experience for a second time. Oops, all your futures bets are voided. Uh, we'll yeah. try again in a year or two. Yep, yep, yep. All right, uh, let's go from a state with a sports betting monopoly to one with a triopoly. Uh, Yes, I had to look up that word. I've never used it in my life. Uh, That state is Connecticut. The state has three licenses, one connected to Foxwoods, one connected to Mohegan Sun, and one connected to the Connecticut Lottery. FanDuel and DraftKings are partnered with the two tribes, and for a little while, Rush Street Interactive was partnered with the lottery, but it pulled out of the 10-year deal. Uh, That third license became available, and last Friday, the Connecticut Lottery named Fanatics its new partner. We never pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com bluewire. 
and Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Found out how many bidders there were, but Fanatics is the winner. The app is expected to roll out in the next week or two. And uh, in related news, Fanatic Sportsbook uh, went live in Colorado on Monday. So Fanatic Sportsbook is expanding, but it'll be tough to catch DraftKings and FanDuel in Connecticut, where Rush Street's Play Sugarhouse Sportsbook was only pulling about 15% market share. Jeff, do you expect Fanatics to quickly and significantly improve upon that? Any surprise that ESPN bet didn't get the partnership in ESPN's home state? And any other thoughts on this story? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth watching this story, I think. Uh, it feels a little canary in the coal mine for Fanatics here, you know, in their mm. hopes of, like, you know, becoming, like, a major player in this. I mean, do they prove upon that 15% market share? Do they improve upon it significantly? Are they flat? Do they, does it go down? You know, it's the one state, you know, Connecticut, is, you know, you're really going to have a true apples-to-apples-to-apples apples comparison here. <laughs> right. You know, it's just it's three books, you know what I mean? And so it's not even a question as much... I mean, it's rarely a question of line shopping for casual betters. You know, it's 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 just more like, you know, you get used to one site or the other. So, like, can Fanatics, like the new kid on the block with with a solid name and a decent list of people that have, you know, at least bought sports memorabilia, you know, sports right. stuff in the past. Right. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I if I'm Fanatics, I, I'm very curious to see how we do in Connecticut. You know what I mean? I think because that I think that that could be a, a a little lesson for them as to how well they could hope to do elsewhere. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I I I'd confidently say that they will improve upon the fifteen percent. Um, but I guess I I asked you if they would significantly improve upon it, and and there I'm I'm not so sure. I mean it. I guess it's good news for them that it's a three sports book state. You know, you're not the 12th sports book joining in when everyone already has their favorite couple of apps. And, right. you know, so, uh, you know, you sure you have some people who are just like one sports book customers. They got their one. They don't care about prices and options much. They just want their one bankroll to play with. But my hunch is that most people don't consider three sports books to be overwhelming, to be too many. Um, so, you know, and maybe play sugar house was kind of a little under the radar, certainly compared to DraftKings and FanDuel. So right. there, there've got to be betters in Connecticut who, who have DraftKings and FanDuel and will happily add a third in fanatics as long as they have some attractive sign up promos. So, um, yeah, I, I guess if, if I was setting a line on what their market share is going to be in their first full month in the state, might set it around 20 something like that mm. uh, but you know I, I don't expect them to get to 33 in the next couple of years and be and be on even footing with DraftKings and FanDuel no but even like getting to 25 now like let's say FanDuel and DraftKings split the rest now you're looking at you know what 37 37 25 like that's right. that's that's that would be better than anywhere else right that, yeah you know you know or, or worse for DraftKings and FanDuel depending so you know every you know it, it's the you know the the upside you know here is pretty big you know and I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see how how it goes. You know yeah. how people respond to it. Any any thoughts on the ESPN bet uh, angle of this? I mean, I, did they? Who knows if they even wanted it? You know right. what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, there's just no way to know. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I as far as ESPN in Connecticut, I I don't think I I'm get I don't I I don't think it matters. You know, and like again, let's not forget, it's not ESPN making any decisions here. Right. You know. True. It, it's true. Ben, right. Although. So I, although I 
if if anything, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they ESPN more so than than the Penn side of things, if they specifically didn't want this license, you know, figuring most of ESPN's employees live in Connecticut. And we talked a few yeah. weeks about go about all those employee guidelines that they have in place. Maybe it just makes things more complicated if they can bet on the ESPN bet sports book while in Bristol or whatever. So um, I don't know if that qualifies as like a hot take or maybe it's kind of an obvious one but to suggest that maybe yes espn bet never even wanted the third skin in connecticut it's possible yeah. very possible all right our final story this week is something a little different uh maverick carter lebron james's business manager has been implicated in the wayne nicks betting scandal as the washington post reported carter placed 20 bets with Nix's illegal bookmaking operation these bets dated back to 2019 carter has not been charged with any crime and we don't know whether he bet on Lakers games, but even if he did, it's not against NBA rules for a business manager to do so. Uh, but speaking of bookies, the Max streaming service premiered the new series Bookie last week, and I know you have strong feelings about it, Jeff. Uh, so let's get an audio version of your review of Bookie with a capital B and your thoughts on LeBron's manager using a bookie with a lowercase b. Uh, all right. Well, as far as the show, I, I just, you know, I didn't I wanted to like it. I didn't like it. Uh, it plays like a farce, you know, but for a farce to work, it's got to be, you know, kind of funny. And uh, I didn't <laughs> right. really laugh the first two episodes. Like I just I, it was very broad. Characters are like straight out of central casting. You know, the Italian bookie with a good heart, the black muscle with kids out of wedlock, you know, the long suffering girlfriend. It was a cocktail waitress of Binion's, of course, Binion's. Uh, I don't know. It didn't work for me. I don't think I'm giving it another shot, but I don't mm. know. I got to take the train to the city later, so maybe I'll watch the third episode in route. Okay. But uh, I don't know. And, and as for Maverick Carter, a fantastic name. Uh, <laughs> you know, so that, 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 that absolves him of just about anything. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, 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 Pre-PASPA, I would have a hard time getting worked up about anyone betting with the bookie. Post-PASPA, uh, even even harder time. I mean, I liken it almost like to weed here in New Jersey. Right. You know, like you could buy weed legally in New Jersey if you want, but if you want to buy on the black market, what do I give a shit? You know, I mean, right. ca hey, legalize sports betting in California. Maybe Maverick Card will bet with DraftKings instead. What do you want from me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I realize I'm the person who put the Maverick Carter story on our rundown here, so I'm uh, guilty of uh, perhaps uh, acting as if it's a big story or, or at least a story at all. But the fact is, I'm 99% I'm sure it's it's a non-story. Um, you know, there are big names involved, so it, it grabs some headlines. But yeah, so what? The guy used an illegal bookie. Unless or until there's some indication that he was betting on Lakers games and using inside information, I think we can pretty much ignore this story. Um I watched just one episode of Bookie, uh, and I watched it having already heard from you that it was the worst show ever or something uh, in that realm. And actually, <laughs> that made me doubly intrigued to at least check out one episode. Uh, right. But to me, it was bad, but kind of garden variety HBO half hour comedy bad, like sure. Entourage after the first couple of seasons, like love Ballers. Entourage. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I didn't watch Ballers. I loved Entourage. And uh, your point is... But you didn't love Entourage to the end, could, did you? You couldn't have. I watched it to the end. Yes, I watched it to the end too, but but it switches but into I, a hate I, watch I at I a certain point. Yeah, I, I don't remember if I liked it. At okay. the end or not. But this show, I think it suffers from the fact that it takes place in a world that I like live in like well I don't live in the, the world of illegal bookmaking but I live in the world of sports betting obviously every day right. and so like I'm definitely watching with a little bit more of a critical eye right you know 
I don't know. And so that, and I, I, and I know this is like, this comes off as a hot take, but Maniscalco, uh, uh, I yeah. like his, I like his Entenmann's bit. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen his bit about the Passover meal? I think so. Yeah. Let the Italians be in charge of it. That's not bad. Yeah. That, I mean, right. That's, it's basically comparing it to it. Yeah. That he comes from right. an Italian family and then goes to his Jewish wife's Passover Seder and right. is just appalled well, by right. by the yeah. whole thing. The waiting, how bad the food is, right. the the, re- the reading the book. Yeah, I right. think that's a great bit. But yeah, I I really enjoy his stand up. I, I I mean, look, he's no he's no Brian Regan. Brian Regan's my all-time fave, but okay. but I but I do like Maniscalco. I think when he's good, he's really good. And I actually thought I was I was fearing that his acting in this show would be a big problem, and and uh, it's fine. He, it it was certainly not as bad as I feared, but everything else, yeah. The 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 writing is just very meh. The, none of the jokes were funny. None of the characters are immediately compelling. Um, I guess the the caveat is that. Uh, to note that with comedies, even many of the all-time great comedies take a few episodes to get good. So I don't plan yeah, to watch any more episodes, awesome. but if I start hearing that it got better by the end of the first yeah, season, maybe same, maybe I'll come same. back around. Um, but, you know, and then, and then there's this upside. Maybe this show will spur California to legalize sports betting as it wakes people up to the horrors of illegal bookmaking. What do you think? Uh, possible? I don't, I don't think it's possible. By the way, his acting, I, you know where I liked him in? I, uh, and I, I'm in the minority on this one. I loved The Irishman. Loved it. Uh, loved it. Yeah, I did. I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I watched I, it once. I liked it. I watched it the second time. I loved it. Love, love, loved it. Hmm, and he was okay. good at it. I th- he played uh, Crazy Joe Gallo. I thought he did a pretty good job. Right. Um... I don't even remember what I thought of him in it. I wouldn't have remembered he was in it until you yeah. said something. Saw it once, thought, uh, you know, kind of cookie cutter Scorsese, uh, standard, standard, like had some great moments, had some bad moments, dragged on too long. But, uh, but maybe next I'd like time, it more on a second try. It's like it's like four hours. You gotta, you, next time you have like a light flu or something like that. <laughs> the problem is, even when I'm healthy. It's hard to stay awake for four hours with the TV right. on. Give me a light flu, and I'm watching that in eight half-hour chunks, maybe. <laughs> it's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. It seems crazy to think that the website VegasInsider.com existed for about 25 years without Patrick Everson being part of it, because (laughs) who is more of a Vegas insider than Patrick Everson? Uh, But all is right with the universe now. Since 2022, Patrick has been the senior reporter for Vegas Insider, which, full disclosure, is owned by our parent company, Better Collective. He spends every football Saturday and Sunday tweeting and reporting from the sports books, and he carved out a little time midweek to share his insights with Gamble On. Patrick, welcome back to the podcast. It is outstanding to be back with the two of you. Thanks a lot for having me. So I want to start by asking you about the NFL under trend. Uh, Everyone knows about primetime games and how tilted to the under that's been. Uh, But even just overall this season, by my count, we've got 83 overs, 110 unders, 57% of games are going under. You could have made a tidy profit betting every game under to this point. Are the books reluctant to adjust too much because the public is going to bet the over no matter where they set the line? What, what's your read on this trend and, and why it's been so pronounced this season? I think the books are always reluctant to adjust a little too much 
not even so much because of what the public might do, but because of what the sharp players will do. Mm. So uh, I think there's maybe a little reluctancy there. Um, I do think they've adjusted to some degree and the public to a, to some degree, but not to the extent that you would think they would because the public loves to jump on trends. But they just haven't jumped on the undertrend as much as you think they would. Now, for the primetime games, that's I, I don't think that's the case. I think they've generally caught on to that. But even then, if the matchup's compelling enough, I talked to one out like, for, for instance, we're coming off Bengals and Jaguars. And the Bengals don't have Joe Burrow. And the total's around 40 or 41 or what, whatever it is. But what one odds maker told me about that, it was actually it was Chuck, Chuck Esposito with Station Sports here in, here in Las Vegas. He said there's just so much talent on the field sometimes that even without Joe Burrow, I mean, you've got Jamar Chase out there. you got Joe Mixon out there. Obviously, you've got Trevor Lawrence and all the weapons that the Jaguars have. And he said we just, you know, betters were kind of ignoring that undertrend in primetime games. And they got it right this time, too. I mean, there was a bunch of just a ton, ton, ton of scoring, even though uh, Lawrence missed the last few minutes of that game. He'd had a great game up to that point. And obviously, Jake Browning had the game of his life. So, um so it hit there, but I think the other, there's another component to this. And I taught, I can't remember who I spoke with about it, but it was a few weeks ago, an odds maker here in Las Vegas. And what that odds maker pointed out was you have got this season, particularly a whole lot of new offensive coordinators with teams all across the league. And you've got a whole lot of early. You had a handful of rookies starting over the course of the season. You've had a lot of rookies starting. I think the number is up to 10 now. I think it's into double digits. So, and some of these rookies are starting under new offensive coordinators too. Right. So you've got the double whammy there. And he just said, look, it's a lot easier for defenses to make adjustments and deal with those situations than it is for offenses to adjust to a new play caller, a new offensive coordinator and a rookie QB and the combination of, you know, new OC and rookie QB is a really difficult one to overcome. It's just adjustments aren't as problematic for defenses. So they can stop these teams and slow down scoring. And he thinks that's at least part of the component here, part of the equation here to why the unders are hitting the way they are this season. Interesting. That sounds like maybe something to keep an eye on this off season. And when next season starts is how much offensive coordinator turnover is there. If we try to get ahead of the trend uh, next year, if, if there mm-hmm. are a lot of, a lot of first time offensive coordinators and the whole crop of new rookie quarterbacks, maybe this continues. If not, maybe it reverses. Um, one, one other uh, topic, as long as we're talking NFL, this is not uh, betting related at all. I'm just uh, asking the, the sports fan in you, what has this ride with the Denver Broncos this season been like for you? I mean, I, I assume you gave up all hope by mid-October oh, yeah. and then got back on board. Oh, yeah, I, I gave up all hope by mid-October. I was like, this is a horrible football team. <laughs> um, you know, look, you can't I don't think you can reasonably expect a new head coach, even somebody like a Sean Payton or a Bill Belichick or whomever uh, to come in and turn awful into great. But uh, uh, but still, I expected better than what we were getting through the first, you know, four to six weeks of the season. So it's been fascinating to watch the last uh, the last several weeks. Now, look, I thought Sunday's game against the Texans was hugely important. And I think it's going to produce I think that is the game. I feel like that's the game that's going to keep Denver out of the playoffs. I think if they had won Sunday, they would have been in the, in a particularly interesting position. Now, I think it 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 gets a little tougher. But that said. This is a team that it took, I think it took a few weeks for Sean Payton to figure out what he had, how he could use it, 
how he could not use it, you know, things that the team just isn't capable of doing, like against the Browns, for example. It's like, look, Miles Garrett is tough to be blocked. So they tried to, rather than block him, run plays where they don't have to block him, Mm. (laughs) you know, in a way where his zeal for trying to get to the quarterback or trying to get to the runner or whatever um, is overcome by, you know, misdirection or, you know, run pass option and so forth. And it worked. So, uh, so good on them. But I think uh, uh, Sean Payton's done a pretty good job of figuring out what he has and what he doesn't have and working pretty well with it and trying to get more, a little more production out of, out of Russell Wilson. But um, yeah, so it's been an interesting ride. I'm glad they're kind of in the, in the picture. I just feel like Sunday's game was just super critical and we'll see if that turns out to be the case in the end when we get down to who gets in as a wild card and who doesn't. Yeah. Well, while these playoff teams in the NFL are, are, are picked based on their record, not based on what, you know, the politics of it all, right? Much like the NCAA. Uh, speaking of politics, by way of segue, I know that you are fascinated by political betting markets. <laughs> I um, am. So a couple questions on that. Do you... Uh, do, do you have any hope that traditional betting on politics will ever come be legalized here in the States? Uh, also, do you have any prediction on where the courts are going to land on the predicted case and other, you know, like uh, exchange markets where, you know, where you can, you know, kind of bet on politics? And lastly, and only if you're feeling frisky, if you care to price out the 2024 election, I'll, I'll listen. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try and take those in, in sort of order. I'm not as read up of late just because of the volume of football season and everything else we're trying to do a better collective uh, on where the predicted case stands at the moment. But my hope is where the courts land is they, you know, is they, is they land on the side of predicted. I don't think there's a reason why they shouldn't. I just think it's a, um, I think it's a fair market to be bet into. And it kind of leads us right into the, the 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 first question among that among that batch there, Jeff. And that is, you know, any hope we'll see it legalized? I certainly have hope we'll see it legalized. I'm not, I don't have confidence we'll see it legalized, but I think we should see it legalized. I don't think there's any reason to not. I mean, look, I'm pretty sure in Ontario, yep. in Canada, you can now bet on politics. I know okay. that yep. I know that last year DK was offering numbers, DraftKings was offering numbers on that, and I assume others were as well. The thing is, look, arguably where political betting is most popular is in the UK. And I'm telling you that most UK political bettors and just average recreational public bettors that are intrigued by political betting, just the way they're intrigued by sports betting, they'd probably rather bet on US politics than their own politics. (laughs) They love betting on American politics. I think first off, because they want it, they want to see it be a. Am I allowed to swear on here or not? Yeah, <laughs> go right ahead. They're, they want to see a good shit show, right. so <laughs> I think that's part of the equation. But they love, but they're just fascinated by betting on American politics. And 2016 was just humongous, and 2020 was really big as well. And next year is shaping up to be a monster. It's just going to be incredible to see what the wagering is like in. In the UK, and how how we will so politely term this, the global market. Okay, <laughs> it's going to be massive, and I think it's a huge. I think it's a huge missed opportunity. I understand what they say. Oh, it's you know it could. There's corruption and so forth. Look, we got so damn much corruption in politics. This is going to be right. the least <laughs> damaging thing 
when you look at all the stories we hear every day, and I'm not talking to one side of the aisle or the other, I everybody every, everybody's guilty here, uh, in my opinion, to, to some degree or another. So this isn't going to be the tipping point here. Oh, my gosh. I mean, look, Britain's been doing this for years, and I don't think it's a tipping point at all. I think, if anything, it helps engage voters, makes them, uh, you know, makes them pay a little more attention to the issues, uh, will make them more likely to vote. Uh, to exercise that that great right that we all that we all have once we hit the fine age of 18. So um, I think it should be. I think it's a huge missed opportunity. I think uh, Jay Cornegay at the Superbook has told me multiple times. And Jimmy Vaccaro, it's a legendary odds maker, Jimmy Vaccaro. He said it too. They estimate that if just if we could just get political betting legalized on the presidential election. Let's just say we limit it to that. And that would be plenty. I'd be over the moon with that. I'd like more. But if you just eliminate, if you just limit it to the presidency every four years, um, maybe the maybe the primaries too, who's going to win each right. party's nomination. But if you could just bet on the presidential election every four years, Jay Cornegay said it would do 15 times the Super Bowl. Oh wow. He said it would be massive. And I agree because everybody's got an opinion on this and they all would like to have a few bucks on it. I mean, what's it's, it's, it's a fun market to bet. And I think it's a worthy market to bet. The, the, the intake would be incredible. I mean, look, I don't, I think States to this point, and I think Nevada and, and, you know, New Jersey, maybe one or two others being the exception have felt like sports betting in general is going to be this great, uh, panacea to fill massive budget holes and unfunded pension liabilities and all that stuff. And I hope what they're learning is it's not, but uh, you know, it's just a, it's a small piece of the puzzle that can get a little bit of tax revenue from, but the, the incentive should be bringing this stuff from underground to the legal regulated realm. But if you add presidential election betting, that might fill a bucket or two in the, in the budget each year, because it would just be massive. I don't think there's any reason not to do it. I've gone on and on about this for a few minutes, so I apologize. <laughs> I'm a little passionate about it, um, and I'd be involved for sure. As far as pricing out the election, this is really difficult because, I mean, it looks like it's going to be Biden v. Trump part two, right? which, you know, personally, I'm a little disappointed with on, you know, on, on both sides. I'm not going to, yep, yep, I'm yep, not yep. going to cast stones either way right now, because I don't want to take a bunch of crap on Twitter. I'm not up there. <laughs> so, but um, it's, it, it is a little unfortunate because I think even if you could, well, I mean, look, if you could bet on it here and it was, and it, and it was Trump v. Biden again, I think it would be massive. And I think it will be massive, um, you know, outside of the United States and especially in the UK. I think it'll just get bet to live in daylights. It'll be unbelievable. Right. So I'm interested to see how it comes down. Um, I do, you know, what I would like is a fresh matchup. And I think that would do really well as well. Um, but I'm just not sure we're going to get it. So it's, uh, it's a little difficult to price out. I do think that there's a, let's just say this. I don't think there's any doubt that, the generally speaking, the mainstream media, I think, absolutely wants Biden v. Trump. They want Trump to be the nominee. And, and right now, as it looks, polls and so forth, yes, right. he'll, it, it appears he's going to be the nominee. That's what they want. That is also no question what the Democratic Party wants. So uh, if the mainstream media and the Democratic Party get what they want, 
there's a reason that's why. I mean, they say they don't want it. And oh my gosh, he's going to be, you know, this, this person is going to be, you know, turn the U.S. into a dictatorship and so forth. That's what they're saying, kind of forward facing. But really, that's exactly what they want. That's the opponent they want. because, And here's why. Because they beat that opponent in 2020 already. Right. right. Okay. That's the known quantity. The, there's been a win. Now, granted, there was, you know, COVID year, and you can talk all about that and so on and so on. But the bottom line is uh, Joe Biden is in the White House and Donald Trump is not. They know that quantity. They know how to work against that quantity. And whether they, you know, whether they say it or not, that's the quantity they want. That's that's the matchup they want. And look, it's a matchup that a lot of people are going to want if you're going to want to be entertained. Like I said, when we when we started on this, the UK loves to see an, an American shit show. And they, <laughs> and they just and they may get it. They'll be thrilled and they'll bet with both, you know, with money in both fists on it. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I uh, I'm not frisky enough to price it out, but I am in, enthused and intrigued to see how it all unfolds over the next uh well, basically 11 months now. Yeah. Yep. My, my go-to joke these days is, uh, you know, everyone's sad, you know, not sad, but, you know, nobody nobody wants this election again. You know, we all want fresh right. blood, you know, and I say, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. one of these guys could be dead and the other in jail by the time this rolls around next year. And you don't know which one's which. <laughs> that's a, oh my gosh, that's, that's the first time I've heard that. That is outstanding. I love that. That's a, that's a very great point. And it could be either one in either position. And, uh, and, and, and look, it's, it, it's honestly, it's unfortunately, it speaks a little bit to just kind of where we're at politically in the States. It's not even, it's not even just as, as, as I'm sure that if that's how you feel about it, Jeff, then, um, or, you know, kind of your mindset on it. It's not just the presidency. We've got, a, you know, right. we've got a geriatric con- Congress and and lifetime bureaucrats who 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 set more regulations than Congress could ever pass on its own. So it's right. it's it's really time for, I, you know, I think it's time for a big reset. But uh, instead, what we might get is just massively entertained and probably a little disappointed. Uh, I've been, listen, I've months. been saying I've been saying for years There's one. And, and everyone laughs when I say it. And then you do your research. If I'm not joking, there's one person. I think who can win the presidency in a landslide and also bring us all back together again. And that person is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I look. I wouldn't. I, interest, but, you know? give, give us a price, Patrick. Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, to win the 2024 presidential election. He'd, oh he'd my gosh! He'd beat him. He'd beat either one in a landslide. Oh, I think I let's you know if he's the nominee. The way this, the way things are, I think I, I think he would definitely be uh, at. At shorter odds than you might think. I guess that's the best way I can. <laughs> then you might. That, that's how, that's how I would put it. And by the way, you were you said you were trying not to uh, piss off half of Twitter by saying the wrong thing or whatever. But you declared that Joe Biden won the 2020 election. Well, so, I, so you're going to piss people off just for stating that fact. I didn't declare. I said he <laughs> he he beat Donald Trump in what was an unusual year. Just because of the COVID situation, look, right. you don't have to equivocate for us. People, but... yeah, well, well, because of the COVID situation, the way that things were and look, some of this was through legislation. OK, some of this was through legislation, how the election was going to be handled. So and legislation can't be enacted unless it's signed. There you go. So, there you, OK, <laughs> so everybody should understand who signed it. Right. All right. Uh, there you go. And we'll leave it at that. How's that? That's very quick. Like yes. Very equivocating. Uh, 
All right, let, we'll, we'll, let's move to a different topic, but one that is no less uh, political and no less controversial, <laughs> uh, college football. Um, so I, I don't follow college football closely, but I follow it closely enough to know that lots of people are up in arms about the way the selections for the four-team playoff shook out with undefeated Florida State missing the cut. What's the word from Vegas on that? And uh, of the four remaining teams, is there one the books are particularly rooting hard against? Right. I'm going to pop into my article here real quick. My article on the semifinals, it's a Vegas Insider Night right now. And just for listeners and viewers, this article will update all month long. So you can kind of, in reverse chronological order, you can track how this how these two semifinal games uh, are developing. But one thing that's that's definitely interesting is, you know, as you noted, the, the politics with this Eric and Florida State getting left out and, um, you know, and everybody's had you know, some strong opinions on that. So what I will say is interesting. First off, I, I was in the Superbook here in Las Vegas when when the selection show was on. Mm. And as soon as they got the team set up, I immediately talked with John Murray. He's the executive director of the Superbook, very respected odds maker, not only here in Vegas, but across the country. And uh, obviously that was part of the, you know, part of the discussion is, you know, Florida State getting left out. And what he pointed out is, that he, he, first off, he said, I commend the committee. They got it right. He said, I feel bad for Florida, paraphrasing a little bit here, but I feel bad for Florida State, but this is going to be a better college football playoff because of the decisions that the committee made. He said, how can you, I mean, look, he said, basically Clemson notwithstanding, the SEC wins this thing every year. So how can you possibly leave the SEC out? But he also noted, and we see this, so in the Orange Bowl, one of the New Year's six games, but not one of the playoff games, we're getting Georgia against Florida State. And Georgia is a two-touchdown favorite. And what John pointed out to kind of further defend his opinion on why the committee got this right is he's not, he said not only Georgia, but Ohio State, Oregon, and Penn State would all be favorites against Florida State. And in fact, he went as far to say that Georgia would be favored against all four CFP teams right now, Michigan, Hmm. Alabama, Texas, Washington. So he feels they absolutely got it right. And, you know, like I said, he feels bad for Florida state, but uh, you know, that's where it should have landed with these, with those four teams. So, and you could have honestly arguably made a case for Georgia with one loss in its last 30 games, two national championships, um, you know, and a three point loss in a, a quasi neutral site game in the sec, you could have made a case for them, you know, how does Georgia fall from one to six, basically, is is kind of what he asked. How do you how do you fall from number one to one to number six by losing to Alabama? But uh, but anyway, I digress on that. As far as the uh the the games themselves, here's uh one point that's been something that's been kind of interesting that's developed. And again, it's very early on. There's a limited amount of money in the pot on 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 either of the semifinals, but what has been interesting, getting back to this whole SEC thing, Eric is uh, from Fanatics and PointsBet, uh, kind of a joint venture now. Right. Uh, Max Meyer sent out this week, uh, after the first couple of days of action on this, uh, an interesting note, Alabama money line against Michigan is taking more dollars than the combined spread and money line dollars that Texas, Washington, and Michigan are taking. Hmm. They are betting Bama money line like crazy, uh, the spread has come down a little bit. I think it's down to a point now. And, uh, it was two, two and a half when it opened Michigan two two and a half when it opened and Wyatt Satra, uh, one of the, uh, 
odds makers uh, with or traders, I should say, with uh, with fanatics slash points bet say that he wouldn't necessarily be surprised if Alabama ultimately goes off as a short favorite in this game. All right, real quick before we let you go, I need your take on two new things in Vegas this year, F1 and the Sphere. <laughs> well, to show my, to, to give you a, a glimpse of my opinion of, of F1 and, and how difficult <laughs> it's made getting around this fine city. And I know all the back roads and everything, Jeff. I know the ways in and out of the strip to dodge traffic. You couldn't even take, all this, not, I don't want to call them secret routes, but the roads that get you around the strip without traffic and get me to the places I need to be where I want to do my videos and stuff. I couldn't even use those. We were literally driving a mile or two out of our way to further outside roads to get to back roads to ultimately get into the strip um, because it was such a disaster. Um, Look, I'm sure the race was great. Uh, I'm sure the fans had a good time, you know, on the strip, under the lights, on a Saturday night. I mean, what more could you ask for? But what I asked for instead is, I'm going to Phoenix this weekend. So I left left town, um, and I did some work. Honestly, it was really cool. I did some work from that BetMGM Sportsbook, which is a two-story sportsbook. It's really cool. Down at uh, State Farm Stadium in uh, in Glendale, the Cardinals Stadium. Um, The only unfortunate thing was the Cardinals were not at home that weekend, but, uh, uh, but it gave me plenty of room to work. So... Uh, yeah, I got out of town. Look, the majority of locals, I, I guess we'll see when the final numbers are all crunched, what this did is in terms of economic impact. But boy, I heard enough stories about, you know, especially late, all of a sudden ticket prices were crashing and hotel prices were crashing. And anecdotally from a couple of odds makers on the strip, um, having that followed by Thanksgiving weekend was a real double whammy for handle. And they just got zero business on F1 weekend and they generally have relatively slow business on, you know, we're Thanksgiving weekend and they don't, you know, they're used to that on a year in and year out basis, but to have it compounded the weekend before by F1 was, was, was a real double whammy, not only for the, uh, I think for the odds makers, but even for just standard casino play, you know, gamblers on the casino floor playing slots and tables and so forth. So, Look, it didn't go over well. I can't say I was a fan, but I will, you know, reserve judgment until we see the economic impact. Although I'm wondering whether those numbers might get fudged a little bit. <laughs> um, the sphere, phenomenal. Look, I'm also, along with being a fan of political betting, I'm a massive YouTube fan. I've got memorabilia literally feet away from me that people that like nobody has. Um, huge, uh, huge signs that were hanging on city streets that I might have acquired, not quite <laughs> licitly is it li- if it's illicit it must, yeah, must be licit yeah it must be licit yeah, yeah. That's, well uh, tracks they weren't licitly acquired necessarily one or two items um they weren't i mean look they had to go somewhere eventually they sure. weren't going to stay on the they weren't going to stay in the bus stop you know poster thing so you know what are we gonna what are you gonna do when right. you're in st louis and yeah uh so oh, yeah. you're even <laughs> citing the exact scene of the crime you're really oh, uh, you're, you're really absolutely. digging a hole here patrick oh yeah this was this was uh 2011 they'll never know uh <laughs> and it looks awesome on my wall it's huge okay. and awesome it's amazing um so yeah i'm a big youtube fan and did get tickets for opening night uh which was great my wife and i went we had a really good time it's it is amazing no question um it's just it you're immersed in this experience and 
you know, the way they did the, the way they managed the, the video, the, the whole video wall, which goes, you know, if you're in this dome, basically a sphere, it's, you, you know, sometimes you feel like stuff is literally just, you know, closing you in, which is kind of cool, unless you're claustrophobic, of course. And sometimes you just feel like you're in the middle of this incredible scene party, just the way they use the screen and, and the way you two specifically brought, you know, a lot of Las Vegas themes into it, a lot of old Las Vegas stuff and signage and so forth. It was just super, super cool. It was really neat. And we were up in the 300 level. So we were, and I encourage people to maybe think about being higher up rather than lower down because the higher mm -hmm. up you are, the more you can see of like everything you can't, the band is a mile away. You're not going to see your, you know, you're not going to feel like as engaged at a concert as you might otherwise feel, but, uh, but everything else with the experience, which is why you're there. Uh, that's why it was built. You, you can take in, you can soak in everything else. It was really during the, during where the streets have no name. They, uh, uh, they did it, which is obviously a seminal U2 song groundbreaking uh all that yada 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 um i'm a huge 80s guy holy cow so, so i never got out of it um they they had like the sunrise on the on the as you face the whole wall on the left side and basically had it go throughout the day it felt like it was day i mean look it's a nighttime show it felt like right. it was daytime in there it felt like you were oh. outside and it was daytime it was wow. absolutely amazing just uh just a terrific uh uh, a terrific thing. The only thing is, I just don't think you you two utilized it enough. And there were there were stretches where they uh, didn't use the, really the screen much of it all, or were using it in a very uh, light touch way. And I'm just thinking, okay, wait a minute. This is why we're here for this ridiculous. I've seen a million U two shows. I don't. I I you know, and I'm a mile away from the band, so I'm not able to really engage with you anyway. I'm here for the wall, so use the wall as much as you possibly can. This is why we this is why we're paying this insane price to be here <laughs> is for this wall. So please use it at every juncture. And I've heard they've actually made some adjustments over the course of their run here. And and I guess Fish is going to be coming here in, in April and doing a four night run. And uh, and hopefully they learn from that, too. But uh, um, but yeah, it's fantastic. I recommend it. Go check it out, especially if one of your all time favorite bands shows up. You should definitely check it out. It's uh, it's 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 a pretty phenomenal venue, and you can see it from miles away on the outside when they got that smiley face or whatever right. other jibber jabber <laughs> they're putting on the outside of it. Um, it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting. All right, great stuff, uh, Patrick. Always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, let everyone know you can uh, find Patrick on Twitter at. Patrick E underscore Vegas. And of course, read him on VegasInsider.com. Uh, next time we'll, uh, we have you on, we'll compare our photos of our various eighties mullets and whatnot, but we'll, we'll save that for next time. Uh, I got, I got cardigans and peg jeans and <laughs> man, I was in Same. the new wave. I was in the new wave nightclubs all the time. And thanks for coming on again, Patrick. Thank you. You bet. You bet. Two men, men. $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. We'll get to bagels and locks shortly, but first let's update our betting bankroll where the grind continues. A mix of good and bad. Uh, let's do all the bad news first. Thursday night football did not go well for us. You had. Uh, I'm so fucking angry. <laughs> As as you should be. Are you angry at the football players or angry at yourself? Angry at myself. Okay. All right. That's that's healthier then. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, you had Dallas to cover minus eight and a half. Not angry about that. Oh, well, that's 
that's the key to everything, though. Yeah, oh, no, the second bet, I should have money line. I don't know what I, I, I oh. to win the spread there was stupid. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So you had the spread when we lost 114 on that. But yeah. So it was the second bet you're referring to was a three leg SGP touchdown by DK Metcalf. Check. Touchdown by Jake Ferguson. Check. Had you had the Cowboys uh, money line, we would have won. But uh, you had the Cowboys minus eight and a half. So right. it only cost us 20 bucks, but it could have won us something nice. Yes. Um, you had Najee Harris for an anytime touchdown. We lost one hundred dollars yeah. on that. I had under 38 and a half in Jags Bengals. I lost by a mile. We dropped fifty seven dollars on that. Also took a five dollar stab on the exact score of 1913 Jags. <laughs> way off um then i i but, but i'd rather be way off if, if it was 1914 sure. i would be yeah, uh, i would be yeah, furious yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. um then we have my nba in-season tournament bets i had the suns at plus 650 they lost narrowly to the lakers they're out we lose 40 bucks but we also have 20 on the pacers at plus 1400 and they beat the celtics in the first round so that one's still alive now on to our wins. You made a big one and a half unit bet on Texans Broncos under 47 and a half. Great win there. We profit $150. I had the Packers at plus 220 on the money line against the Chiefs. That won us $110. And my safe boxing bet, $600 on Ryan Garcia at minus 400, won us $150. Uh, so those three nice wins put us ahead for the week. We won $74. We're now down by $4,589. We also have twenty eight ninety one on hold in futures bets, and that leaves us with twenty five twenty available to bet with this week. And I'm up first. And uh, back when you were on vacation at the end of the summer, Jeff, uh, and I did two weeks with guest hosts, Bennett Conlon was here, and he made what turned out to be a very sharp bet: Texas to win the college football national championship at plus twenty five hundred for twenty bucks. And he laid it all out that he thought the Longhorns could beat Alabama early in the season, and if they did that, they'd have a great shot at an invite to the semifinals. That's how it played out. They're in. His bet stands to return 520 if they win it all. I say we hedge. Make sure to lock in some profit. And we're in a great spot for the first game. Texas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington. So let's bet $55 to win 50 on Washington plus four-and-a-half. We have a real shot at the middle where we win this bet and Texas advances. But if Washington wins outright, well, we turn to small profit. And if Texas wins and covers, we just hedge again for the finals and then lock in about 150 or $200 kind of win. Uh, but for now, for a game that's still four weeks away, Washington plus four and a half, $55 to win 50. All right. I like it. Uh, tonight, uh, the NBA in-season in tournament, the Bucks Pacers is right now the at FanDuel, 255 is the total, which I think is the highest ever for an NBA game, mm. uh, eclipsing one that I just wrote about. But I'm, does right. this count for regular season standings, do you know? It it these does. Games? It's the the finals does not, but every all these other games okay. do. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Uh, anyway, so two fifty five uh, in, in this game, and, and Eric, I, I I think it's going over. Mm -hmm. I really do. Uh, so I want to. I, I got I got three bets here. Okay. Uh, I got so over two fifty five uh, minus one twelve. So give me fifty six to win. You know fifty. Okay, I like it. That I want LeBron over forty three and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Okay. Uh, same bet, 56 to win 50. Mm -hmm. I want to put them together at 256 for another 25 bucks to win 90. Okay. Uh, all right. I mean, the, the rationale here is just pretty sad. I mean, defense does not seem to be part of like the NBA in season tournament for whatever reason. Right. Uh, and the Pacers and Bucks are just bad defensive teams that can put a lot of points up on the board. Like there's, yeah. there's a reason this, this one's set at 255. And, uh, I don't know the, the, the narrative of, you know, 
late stage LeBron in big games, like is when he comes out to play. Like I, you know, I think yeah. he's. I was going to do just the points over, but I think it's is it possible maybe he goes for twenty, but gets you know twelve ten on the other side. I right. think that's possible too. You know what I mean? Yeah. One way or another, he's going to be like run you know he's, he's doing it so that's it that, that's right. my play. i like those yeah the points rebounds assists sort of gives you a little cuts into the variance a little bit yeah. i guess just picking points I like and i'm yeah. i'm kicking myself a, a little bit for not having bet lebron as mvp of the tournament before the tournament started because it was just it kind of it, it all sets up nicely for like the league wants the lakers to win he right he he's motivated to to add yet another trophy to his collection uh if the lakers win it, it will it will be lebron not anthony davis or whatever who's right. declared mvp of the tournament so uh that you know there's no value in it now i should have done it before the first game but anyway uh all right uh coming off my triumphant packers money line bet i have uh, two sizable underdogs this week who i think are live first up tonight patriots as high as plus 235 at FanDuel against the steelers I don't love relying on the Patriots, obviously. Their offense has been absolutely putrid, and now Ramondre is out. Uh, but their defense has been good, and the Steelers have to go with Trubisky. And uh, the Steelers, man, they're they're this team that finds ways to win games it should lose and lose games they should win. I just think at plus 235 that the Pats have value here. So let's do 60 bucks to win 141 on them. And the other one I like is the Rams at the Ravens. I might have thought the Rams would be around plus 200, something like that. But they're plus 290. Um, they've won three straight. They're playing well. Their offense is mostly healthy now. Every game is kind of must win. And the Ravens, of course, they're the better team. But, you know, they lost a weird one at home to the Colts. They lost to the Steelers. They lost at home to the Browns. They're always capable of a stinker. And they're coming off a bye, which maybe helps explain why the line is so wide. But, you know, that can backfire. Sometimes you start slow coming off your bye. I just think the price on the Rams is too good to pass up. So let's go $50 to win $145 on that. And uh, and now here's the part you'll like, Jeff. Uh, it's the part that uh, may be foolish, but uh, since the best prices on both teams are at the same sports book at FanDuel, I had to check what a parlay paid there. It's plus 1206. So uh, let's go mm. $20 bucks to win 241 if the Rams and Pats both pull off the upsets. All right. I like it. Uh, all right, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you think, Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, probably could have played a couple weeks ago, playing right. this week, back healthy. Take a guess. What do you think is, is receiving yardage over under? Is, First uh, of all, at, believe me, I'm well aware Vegas. that he probably could have played a couple weeks ago because he's right. the reason my best ball That's team right. is almost certain to miss the playoffs instead of making it. But, you know, not, I, I, I don't want to be that guy who vents at the athlete. But sure. I'm just uh, anyway. Uh, OK, so where would they set the line for receiving yards, did you say? Yeah, receiving his first game back in Vegas uh, with Dobbs as quarterback instead of Cousins. I mean, there's obviously a lot of variance on on the possibility that he doesn't get the full complement of snaps if they're easing him back. But I will say 90 and a half. 65 and a half. So give me 110 to 100. Yeah. Yeah, that's as long as he does play the full complement of snaps yeah, and is, I mean, is is healthy, which you kind of have to assume he will be after yeah. uh, ten weeks off. Yeah, and yeah. It, I mean they got to win these games. Uh, Sixteen out of his last twenty-one healthy games, he's hit this number. Okay. So I, I don't see. I mean, I, I thought just that it's entirely too low. I mean, yeah. I, I I if this if this was before we started losing a lot of money, this would have been like a three hundred dollar. <laughs> but so how much did you put on it instead? One ten. One ten. Good. All right. That's fine. Yeah, I like it. It's a good bet, and I I will 
I will tell that in real life and, and thus put my stink on it. <laughs> um, let's talk about the NFL MVP race, shall we, Jeff? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock Purdy is now the betting favorite at some books around plus 300. He is not winning MVP. I, I mean, I can't say that for certain, of course, but he should still be at least plus 1,000. He is a very fine quarterback who fits nicely in that offense. He game manages tremendously well, has a good football brain, but there are just way too many other players on that team responsible for his success. They have so many weapons on offense. They also have a great defense. Voters are not going to give it to the guy who throws a screen to Debo Samuel, and then Debo breaks six tackles and goes 80 yards, and that's where all Purdy's stats come from. If the Niners end up with the best record, CMC splits the vote with him. Purdy is not going to be MVP. Um, I'm not going to spend this much time poking holes in everyone's case. I could just I'll just say you you could poke holes in basically everyone. Mahomes, Hertz, Lamar. Yeah. Dak, I'll acknowledge he has a real shot if the Cowboys beat the Eagles this week and keep winning winning. But yeah. I really think with a lack of a clear quarterback candidate, a non quarterback really can win it this year. And it isn't CMC. It's Tyreek Hill. Um, it's not like San Francisco where you can debate exactly who the best weapon is. Hill is so far and away the best wep- weapon in the Dolphins offense. He's the best weapon in the league. He's having a historical season statistically. He's uncoverable. If he breaks 2,000 yards, which he's on pace to do, and the Dolphins are the top seed in the AFC, which they could realistically be, I think the voters will give it to Tyreek. He's still as high as plus 1,600. Um, I liked it better on Monday morning when I grabbed him in real life at plus 2,000. But still, 1,600, I think it's good. The path is there. Maybe it'll be Dak. Maybe it'll be Hertz. It's not going to be Purdy. I think there's value in Tyreek. I want to bet 30 bucks on him to win 480. But I acknowledge this is a quarterback award almost 100% of the time. So if you want to talk me out of this bet, I will give you an opportunity. No, that's fine. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, there, the, the the right there is no clear cut right now, and so that opens the door to Tyreek. I think right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even that there's no clear cut. There's there's you know yeah. Right now, Hertz, Purdy, Dak would be my well, they are the favorites. But right. like, if the Chiefs like reel off five in a row to end the season, if the Bills reel off five in a row on Josh Allen's shoulders to end the season, and make the playoffs. Right. You know, like it's not. You know, if Lamar like catches fire, like you know, there's you know, and and if none of them do, and Tyreek does, I, I like it. Right. I will say I I am very biased though because uh, listening to uh, you know one of the established runs podcast earlier this year, Silva was hyping Dak at forty to one mm. when he was forty to one. So right. I, I I I'm holding that. So okay. I, I well, am a big Dak fan. Yeah, I mean, of the guys who are currently short money. I do think Dak has has the best chance. Um, I mean, look, whoever wins Eagles Cowboys this week, the the quarterback becomes the the favorite yeah. for this award. But Dak like has the stats, and if they just keep winning, people forget some of their struggles early in the season. Um, he no, he's he's got a great shot. Uh, and I'll remind you that we before the season, I put a hundred on Mahomes at plus seven hundred. So if, if he's the guy who finishes hot and the Chiefs don't lose another right. game, then that's fine with us. But um uh, but you're but you're okay with uh sixteen to one on Tyreek for thirty. Yeah, for sure. Hundred percent. Right. Okay. Speaking of Dak, how about a little Sunday night SGP over on FanDuel? Okay. Uh this is twenty five to win five forty for the record. Okay. So uh, there you go. It's a uh, Dak over two ninety three and a half yards passing. Give me Brandon Brandon Cooks for a score. Give me two for CD. So Cooks has to be the first TD, or do you say four no, 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 a score? No, no. Okay, Cooks what? TD. Cook, 
and, TD and, CD and CD two TDs. TDs. Okay. This one's going to bite me. CDs, there's either CDs only going to catch one, or uh, Dax going to throw for two ninety two, or you know whatever. Something something screwy is going to screw me here. But th- th- <laughs> that's that that's my bet. And the reason, and for the record, the Eagle, we all know like the Eagles like pass defense is not up to snuff. You know. Yeah. And 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 just the CD is is. You know, he may as well be Tyreek in this matchup, the way it matches up, you know. Yeah. So I just think I, – and I, and, and I also think that both teams, but, you know, the Cowboys specifically, they can't take their foot off the gas. You know, right. no no lead is safe in this game. Right, so right. I, I, it's just going to keep coming, you know. So there you go. That's, yeah. That, that. I think I think logically it makes sense. It, yeah, it's going to be one of those situations probably where you where Dak goes over, you get your Cooks TD, CD only gets one, but has yeah, like 180 sure. yards, and you'll and you'll wish you would right. just bet the over on his yards yeah, or something instead of going right. for two TDs. Yep, yeah. sounds exactly right. Yep, yep, <laughs> okay. Yep. All right, uh, time now for bagels and locks. Uh, we're both six and five. We're just barely beating the vig. Uh, Jeff, you won last week with the under in Texans Broncos. I had Denver plus three and a half in that same game and came up a bit short. So, uh, yeah, these are not locks, um, but bagels and marginally profitable picks in the long run just doesn't have the same ring. Uh, So uh, I am up first this week, and I can't believe I'm going to rely on this lousy Patriots team, but I am going to rely on this lousy Patriots team. They're getting six against a Steelers team with Mitch Trubisky that can't really score either. The points total in this game is 30. Right. Come on, Pats can't lose by more than this than six in a game with a thirty-point total. Let's go, Bailey Zappy. Let's do this. I mean, it makes it just it, it seems like too many points in like in any total game that's at thirty. You know right. what I mean? Right. That's kind of what I feel. It's just like, yeah. am I expecting the Patriots to score a lot of points? Right. Definitely not. No. Am I expecting them to even score like more than thirteen? Probably not. But right. man, if they get to thirteen, this is pretty safe. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, for me, I'm taking uh, the Niners uh, minus ten and a half at home against the Seahawks. I guess it's possible that there's like a little bit of a come down, but I think you know this this team is. I feel like they're playing you know, as evidence what happened last week against the Eagles. I feel like they're they're playing with a chip on their shoulder a little bit, and I, I don't think they're going to stop. So uh, you know, and you know the, the Seahawks are just not the they're not they're too many injuries, and they're they're not going to compete here. So Niners laying ten and a half. Uh, yeah, and you know what that reminds me. I was I was curious going into this week whether you we were going to begin to enact part two of your hedge, but I I uh, no I'm not, I'm not, right because I I agree I agree with you that there's no chance the Seahawks are beating the Niners, and so those that those odds are going to grow next week. Is that is that your plan though? If it's like plus Honestly, three plus three hundred to to make the playoffs next week, then you'll you'll hedge, or at th- that point you're just going to trust that your I initial bet's going to win. I think I'm just going to trust my initial bet at that point. Depend, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, right. let, let, you know let's see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I that bet's just looking really good. It is, yep. Uh, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks, everybody out there, for listening, and thanks again to our guest, Patrick Everson. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein, and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling, and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. So Meredith Whitney, she's known as the Oracle of Wall Street for predicting the financial crisis of 2008. She was on a CNBC Squawk Box earlier this week and said men are not having sex, and the reason she cited is sports betting.
Uh, one of the reasons, at least. She uh-huh. said, this, her, according to her numbers, 63% of men are currently single, which is the highest rate ever in America. Mm. And half of these dudes have no interest in dating. Why? Well, she said, because the fastest growing leisure spend right now for men is fantasy sports and online sports betting. This is her quote. Young men who have grown up with gaming are used to doing everything on their phone, and now they can do all sorts of betting on their phone. They can do real-time parlays on their phone. I'm not sure what a real-time parlay is, but she's right. You can do a real-time parlay mm-hmm. on your phone. So men apparently like are too engaged with sports and not having sex. So let me speak now to that portion of, of, of men out there. Put down your fucking phone. Get out there and have some fucking sex, okay? <laughs> Meet a girl. Have some sex. Fall in love. Get married. Have kids. Spend every waking hour either working or driving your kids around. Once you do all that, then you go back to not having sex and fetting like an idiot. Okay? <laughs> that's that's the way of the world. That May- that's that's the order you do these things in. I, I, I don't want to step on the toes of your of your uh, your monologue yes. here, but may I Please. just interject that uh, yes. if if the guy in question wants to go out and meet a guy and have sex, we endorse that too? We endorse it, yes. Sex of okay. all sex of all sorts okay just wanted just wanted to make sure we were being fair and open to all on this yeah sex sex objectively pretty fun okay so (laughs) as much fun as hitting a 16 game sgp a 16 you know team you know uh, maybe maybe not i don't know but uh objectively fun so i encourage people to go out there and have sex so yes then then you get married and then then you can stop having sex that's 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 how it works so please wear rubber gamble on